Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on Monday, our very first show of the calendar year 2023, and I'm so excited to talk about the weekend that was in the life of Duke men's basketball. The Blue Devils pick up an 86-67 victory over Florida State. Really impressive win for John Shire and company after an 11-day layoff. We'll talk about that coming up on today's episode with my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast feed, However, you get your podcast, leave us a five-star rating and review. Your support means the absolute world to us here at Locked On. Also, if you get the opportunity, please make sure that you follow and watch us on YouTube each and every day. Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well so that you can continue to support Locked On Blue Devils. Our show today is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. That's LinkedIn.com slash College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Without further ado, for the first time in 2023, let me bring on my new pal, my good pal, uh, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, the Section 17 podcast. Nothing new about this friendship, but uh, our first conversation in 2023. Happy New Year, Josh. Yeah, Happy New Year, JJ, and uh, what a way to get it kicked off man we have the duke athletics in general i know we're not here to talk women's basketball or we're not here to talk football today talking basketball but man uh the duke athletic program really ended 2022 on a high note and so looking forward now to kicking off the new year yeah it's exciting with uh football and we'll get to that later in the week with their big bowl win that they had in men's basketball now is an acc play they pick up their second Conference victory of the season. Duke wins 86-67 over Florida State. Duke now 11-3 overall, 2-1 in ACC play. 19-point victory for Duke. They were favored by 17.5 in Las Vegas. Duke actually had a 17-point lead at the break. My biggest takeaway here is that Duke took care of business, Josh. An 11-day layoff didn't mean anything for the Blue Devils as they were able to go in and get the job done at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Yeah, you always look look at these games. You're like, man, they're coming off of a break. And not only a break, but kind of a double break. You know, they had that break, then the Wake Forest disappointment, and then another break. And it's kind of like, okay, who's this team going to be? Um, I think it was very smart for John Shire to adjust that starting lineup a bit. Um, and obviously it proved to pay off, and I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of those details here in a second. Uh, but it was very important. And I felt like this. I know Duke had a 17-point lead at the half. I felt like that was a little inflated. I thought like we were really about 10 points better than them in the first half. And then, honestly, we were about 10 points better than them in the second half. So it all worked out in the end, a 19-point victory. I think we bumped the lead up to 25 uh, at one point in the second half um, and, and just, once again, kept them at arm's length. Never let them get, you know, closer than, say, 12 points in the second half and then just blew it open there when we needed to. And so just a great win for Duke basketball. 11 days prior to the Florida State game, Jalen Blakes had his best game ever as a Duke Blue Devil. He scored 17 points in Winston-Salem. He was the lone bright spot for the Blue Devils in that victory. And so on Saturday against Florida State, John Shire awarded him with his first career start. Jalen Blakes 
inserted into the starting lineup, and he follows up a 17-point performance with another 17-point performance, knocking down three more three-point shots from the outside. And I don't think many people saw this type of performance coming this season from Jalen Blakes, but it has been awesome to watch him play. Well, it's it's kind of like uh, Jordan Goldwire on hyperspeed, right? It's like yeah. we've seen the four-year Jordan Goldwire career happen in one and a half seasons for Jalen Blakes. And so I really love the fact that that John Shire, and I think this is an uh, overall thing too, I think Shire's doing a great job of of playing with the hot hand. And, you know, if Filipowski is not the answer, Okay, well, Filipowski gets sat down, and Mark Mitchell comes in and plays the four. Uh, if if Lively's not the answer to a game, I know we're going to get here. Ryan Young is going to come in, and he's going to get the majority of those minutes. I mean, it is what it is, and so I really respect that about Coach Shire and for Jalen Blake specifically. Um, Duke fans know this; he's earned it. I mean, um, the way that he he's a ball hawk on defense, he can come in and play that secondary guard role. But then his offense, the fact that he's shooting the ball so well. He's finishing. That's an added bonus that I don't believe any Duke fan was expecting. Yeah, the defense is so fair because you do see so many similarities there with Jordan Goldwire and what he was able to bring to the table. I don't know that we really saw this level of offensive production from Jordan Goldwire, however, at any point in his Duke career. So to see back-to-back performances like this from Jalen Blakes, he's been knocking down three-point shots quite well already. Let me correct myself. Against Wake Forest, he goes three of four from three-point range on Saturday goes four of six. So he even made one more three-point shot than he did his last time out. So, I mean, man, the offensive production there from Jalen Blakes, who replaced Tyrese Proctor in the starting lineup, and a lot of people were questioning, how do you get Roach and Proctor to coexist as your primary ball handlers? Now Jalen Blakes comes in as another guy who can handle the basketball a little bit. And when you've got so many options – it's okay to kind of tinker with and figure out what exactly is going to work this early in conference play. I think something you're going to see moving forward as well. Obviously, Jeremy Roach has the longest leash on the team as far as from 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 Coach Shire being the team captain or whatnot. But I do believe you're going to see more minutes where you have Proctor and Blakes out there together and 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 Roach uh, taking a breather. And I think we could see Roach's minutes, you know, drop maybe maybe three minutes a game less, fewer. Or maybe maybe even five minutes a game fewer, just because I feel like number one, I feel like that Roach is still nursing that toe. Yeah. Every now and then he'll come up hobbled. I don't, I don't know what it is, but like he he waved off uh, the the training staff uh, Saturday and didn't want uh, them to help him with it. But I think we're seeing a little bit of that. And I don't know if that's something that's going to continue throughout the season. But I'm okay with a lineup that features. You know, Jalen Blakes and Tyrese Proctor. I think they they complement each other as well. And nothing against Jeremy. We love Jeremy. I'm just saying as the season progresses, maybe that leash com- becomes a little shorter on Jeremy. A 19-point victory for Duke, 86-67, the final score in this one. Jalen Blakes played the most minutes for the Blue Devils. He played 30 minutes on Saturday against Florida State, 29 minutes for Jeremy Roach. Duke had an outstanding interior performance from Ryan Young, and Derek Whitehead continues to get more comfortable in a Duke uniform. We'll talk about those guys after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in the new year in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. 
That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have skills, values, and experience to help you achieve your goal. LinkedIn makes it very easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the most qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Let's get to Ryan Young in just a minute. But first, Derek Whitehead did not play against Wake Forest. He did not play a couple of games at the start of the year after breaking his foot in preseason practice, having surgery to repair the fractured foot. Now he's back going, gets sick and does not play in the Wake Forest game. Comes back out on Saturday against Florida State. Knocks down a couple of shots from three-point range. Finishes with 16 points. Looks more and more comfortable every time he's out there on the floor. And played 28 minutes, which is the most that he's played so far in his young Duke career. Yeah, uh, what a performance by him. I know a few of those points were towards the end of the game. Uh, but but at the end of the day, uh, he's proving that he's a slasher, that he can shoot the ball you know, decently. Well, I know his, his three-point numbers weren't great, two for six. But at the end of the day, if he can be over 35% from three, I think that's that's a win for Duke. Um, and then I love the fact that he was money from the free-throw line. And this team has been great uh, from the free-throw line. In fact, as a team, we were 17 for 20 uh, from the foul line on Saturday. And so Dariq helps out with that as well. And then we can't forget, Dariq came into Duke with being a lockdown defender. I mean, that was one of the things that we that we knew about him coming out of high school. And so, you know, I don't know that we've been able to really see it here in the last couple of, of games um, because Mark Mitchell kind of gets those assignments right now, which is fine. Um, but I think Dariq can become that perimeter lockdown guy. Like, hey, who's their best player? We're going to rotate Dariq Whitehead and Mark Mitchell on their best player, and, and we're going to shut them down. I love seeing a more comfortable Dariq Whitehead. We've seen more um, athletic plays out there on the floor. Already seen a couple of big poster dunks uh, to start his young career, which is super exciting. The other player to highlight their performance in the game against uh, Florida State this past Saturday was Ryan Young, the Northwestern transfer. Oh, my goodness. What did this guy do on Saturday, Josh Cox? Uh, he said he, he got himself in the Duke record books is what he did. <laughs> On Saturday, never, including the Christian Leitner perfect game, because Christian Leitner's perfect game, I do not believe he had 10 rebounds. And so 20 plus points, he was at 20, 10 plus rebounds, he was at 12 on perfect shooting. He was seven for seven from the floor and he was six for six from the foul line. Ryan Young. Incredible. Threw the perfect game. He threw a perfect game. I you can't know, believe it. it. That's it a- was it was it was amazing. He's been so efficient, right? Like he's yeah. he's definitely been efficient when he's been out there on the floor, but it's like, you know, he gets a lot of offensive rebounds as we well know and has kicked it out to open three-point shooters or put it back up himself and he was just making the right decisions every single time it felt like when he grabbed some of those offensive boards. And then credit to the Duke guards as well, like making drives and understanding when the help comes. Ryan Young was right there for an easy lay-in, right? We're not getting dunks from a six foot ten Ryan Young, we're getting the easy lay-ins, 
but he's taking advantage of it. The guards are making open passes and great looks underneath. And yeah, that was amazing to watch. You know, and once again, shout out to John Shire. I mean, let's 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 be honest here. You have Derek Lively the second, number one overall recruit in the country, signed with Clutch Sports, who has been known to meddle a little bit and make sure their guys get, you know, what they need to get. And John Shire's like, Ryan Young is more effective in certain matchups than Derek Lively the second. And so right. guess what? We're riding the hot hand. And and kudos to him, man. Kudos to John Shire for that. Because at the end of the day, he's trying to win basketball games. And I, I really appreciate his willingness to do that. And Ryan Young, if you watch his game, I mean, he is like, you know, we were all thinking like we need somebody to replace Theo John. Now, Ryan Young and Theo John are completely different basketball players. But what Theo John had the potential of doing on defense, Ryan Young blows away on offense. Like he is, as you mentioned, incredibly efficient. And honestly, he doesn't have the leaping ability or the physicality on the defensive end, but he's very smart. And he does read passing lanes well, and he does get his hands up, and he does box out and get good position for rebounds. And so I think you're going to see more and more Ryan Young more as the season progresses. Uh, he's earned the trust of John Shire in clutch moments. He's going to want him out there. That number officially 75% shooting so far this year for Ryan Young, wow. which he will take any day of the week. Remember, Mark Williams was a, a greater than 70% shooter from the floor. Yeah. Way more dunks for Mark a season ago. But nonetheless, when you've got a big down low that's going to make efficient and effective buckets, that's really going to help your basketball team. I do want to talk about Lively for a moment. 13 minutes for Derek Lively, the second against Florida State. He did start the game, uh, but he did not take a shot, did not take a free throw, grabbed one rebound, three fouls, uh, on the very first defensive possession of the game for Duke, he had a really nice block shot, pending it off the backboard and finished with two blocks. Uh, but yeah, we just it was um, not an effective outing there for Derek Lively the second it seemed. And as we're saying, tip of the cap to John Shire for putting Ryan Young out there. But I mean, what what do you think is is next for for Derek Lively the second? Why do you think it's been so uh, uncomfortable almost with him out there yeah. to start the year? Well. I mean, what's next for Derek Lively to answer that question broadly is a lot of money in the NBA, right? So let's put it in perspective. If Derek Lively plays 10 minutes a game the rest of his career at Duke during this season, he's still going to get drafted early on his potential, his defense, his rim protection, all those types of things. So Derek Lively is fine. Like Derek Lively does not need this season. He doesn't need to average 20 a game. He doesn't need to average 10 rebounds a game. He is – his his future – is secure. He's fine. So that's Duke fans need to understand that. Number one. Uh, but number two, I there are certain players that I feel like their games are more they are more red NBA ready than they are college ready. Paulo Bencaro, I felt like his game was more NBA ready than it was college ready. He needed offensively, he needed the space, right? That's what Paulo needed. And we couldn't provide him that for some reason. The college game just hasn't figured spacing out like the NBA game has. On the defensive end, I do believe that Lively fits an NBA, like the NBA defensive scheme a little bit better. Um, he is a little bit more of that rim runner guy. And 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 in college, it's, it's difficult, man. And I, I, I really do think he's going to have a better rookie season in the NBA than he's having freshman season in college. And so all that to say, he's freakishly athletic. There will be times and spurts from now until the end of the season where we're like, man, 
Derek Lively just carried us on defense for those, you know, four straight possessions. He really locked up or he had three blocks and four percent, whatever it is. He's going to have a spurts. Uh, but I just don't know that the game that that the college basketball game is really highlights what he can do. And I think we're going to see it over the next two or three years as he makes his way into the NBA. We're going to see, OK, that's that's why Derek Lively yeah. was recruited the way he was. Again, Duke basketball wins against Florida State, 86-67. Up next for the Duke Blue Devils, they take on NC State on Wednesday night in Raleigh. We'll talk about that and a little bit more after our last time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils today is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college football bowl season. How awesome were the college football playoff games this past weekend? Well, there are still several more bowl games left to go. Basketball, of course, and all of that can be found at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. I'm JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. All right. Also, you look at the box score from the win against Florida State. Duke's leading scorer on the year, Kyle Filipowski, went scoreless in the first half, only finishes with six total points, three of four from the floor, 0 of one from three point range. So only four shot attempts, just 18 minutes out there because Filipowski finished with four fouls. So spent a good portion of the game on the bench in foul trouble. Uh, and yet Duke was still able to kind of get the job done and pick up, like we said, the near 20-point victory. I did not see that coming. Like I would have figured Kyle Filipowski would have had to been more involved if Duke wanted to find a way to win this basketball game. What say you, Josh? I mean, this was a, this was a classic freshman Kyle Filipowski. You know, he's going to have these games. Um, I did not expect it to be this game because – in a weird twist of irony, Florida State is small, <laughs> uh, which hasn't happened in what fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> last fifteen years, Leonard Hamilton has put out like a team full of six nine to seven two guys, massive people. <laughs> yeah, massive. But I really didn't expect it this game. And, you know, I, I I don't know. I've never sat down with Kyle Filipowski. I don't know him, but just looking at the personality and a lot of things that have happened early on in the season, they seem to have gotten him an open look. Like within the first two or three minutes of the game. And he's knocked down a three oftentimes early in the game. And I feel like that just like gets him in this rhythm and gets him going. And that didn't happen Saturday. Um, and then he got frustrated. Um, granted, I was listening to some of the game. I was traveling back and forth. And I've only seen portions of it. But I know David Shoemate was mentioning that Filipowski was going back and forth with the ref quite a bit. Um, even warning of like, hey, man, he might get teed up if he doesn't stop. I think it was just one of those games, man. You're a freshman the target's getting a little bit bigger on your back because you've been so successful. And I just think you're going to have those games. Every single one-and-done freshman at Duke has had them, and this was just one of them. Kyle Filipowski, again, just six points for the Blue Devils, but they're still able to get the win. We mentioned how well Duke shot the free throws. Duke was also 11 for 25 from three-point range, 44% from the outside. Roach knocked down a couple of three-point shots. Whitehead had a pair. Jacob Grandison went two of four from three-point range as well. We've said it all year, and they remind you when you're watching any Duke basketball game out there of the numbers. 
Duke this season has been one of the absolute worst three-point shooting teams in the ACC. But if they get more performances like this from the outside, their ceiling just continues to climb with what this team can accomplish if they are able to be effective from three-point range. Yeah, five for eight in the second half, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Big time. Uh, for Duke. And so that that was, uh, you know, shot selection's key. A lot of the first half threes that were taken were like late in the shot clock. Jeremy Rich has the ball. And he's just got to get it up, right? Like, and I understand that. But in the second half, it was like we took purposeful threes. We were open. They were in stride and we hit five for eight. So not that we're going to hit five for eight, you know, every, every time for the rest of the season. But um, having halves like that will help our numbers come up. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, a guy like Tyrese Proctor, we've mentioned him, his numbers don't show it. But he has a beautiful shot, and they will begin to fall. And so I'm not worried about the three-point shooting yet. Now, if we're still terrible mid-February, then maybe we got some concerns. But I do think, man, as long as we have good shot shot selection, they will begin to fall. Next up for Duke on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, they're at PNC Arena in Raleigh taking on NC State. It's a Wolfpack team this season that is 11-4. Overall, they are 1-3. In ACC play, their only ACC win was against Louisville, who everybody is beating, a 12-point victory for NC State. But they're averaging nearly 80 points a game for comparison. Duke is only scoring about 73 points a game. Their defense is much worse than the Blue Devils, however. Looking at this matchup, knowing that it's always a tough place to play for Duke to go and play in Raleigh against what will likely be a capacity crowd, a rowdy bunch, Kind of what are you expecting for Wednesday night? What stands out to you about this matchup? You know, I'm expecting a fight. I mean, yeah. like you said, I mean, going to Raleigh, even when state NC State comes to to Cameron, it's it's typically a fight. And so that's a tough place to play. Um, and and I'm expecting it to be. I do expect this uh Duke to get up and down a little bit and score a little bit more, you know, fewer a, a little more points than what we've been seeing. Um, state's kind of got a rebuilt roster too. I mean, Turquavian Smith is back. But, like, I don't recognize a lot of the names on that state roster because they've really hit Good the point. portal uh, quite a bit. And so it's going to be interesting. I, I, obviously, the coaching staff has spent the last, you know, 24 hours and will spend the next, you know, 24 to 36 really getting ready for it. But I don't know what to expect from that roster. I've not watched an NC State game yet this year. Like I said, Jaquavion Smith, I know that name. I know he's good. Everybody else, I've been like, oh, who is that guy again? And I've got some good <laughs> NC State friends. Between now and Wednesday, I'll be texting going like, hey, who are we really looking out for? Right. You know? Got to so. get ready for it. Duke and NC State again coming up on Wednesday. Duke again uh, with an impressive win against Florida State. Really glad to see that. And now, Josh, it's awesome that we're also not in the layoff period. Uh, remembering there was a stretch where Duke only played three total games over the course of 21 days. Now that's really about to ramp back up. We'll see two games every week for Duke from here for the rest of the season. So I'm glad to get back into full basketball season swing. Oh yeah. It's it's time now. It's go time. Yeah. We're Love through it. all the all the fun stuff. We're through all the holiday stuff. And now it's basketball from now, hopefully until April, right? Um, absolutely. Josh, certainly do appreciate the time as always. Thanks for stopping by the program today. Uh, and I'll talk to you again later this week. Okay. All right, man. Talk to you later. That's Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast joining us here today on this Monday edition of Lockdown Blue Devils. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Subscribe to our podcast and subscribe on YouTube. Your support means everything to us. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.